Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Abundant Solutions Hour. Our goal is to help others be more, do more, and have more. Tonight is going to be an awesome night. I'm your host, Gregory Turner. And I'm your co-host, Brian Henderson. Boy, Brian, we got something for everybody tonight, don't we? Yes, we do. Yes, we do. <laughs> we have a mighty man of God that's going to come out and talk to us and give us some insight and wisdom on the power of understanding. Wow, that's the topic for tonight. What's the topic? Say it again. What's the topic for tonight's show? The power of understanding. When, when you saw that, Brian, what, you, what did you think about when you saw the power of understanding? I know it says in the, in the Word that for it is written in all things to get understanding. What, what, what did you think about when you saw that title? Well, the first thing I thought about was Proverbs 3, 5, actually, where it says, trust in the Lord and lean not into your own understanding. But then I, I had to ponder, and this is something that we're going to actually ask Pastor White tonight. And, you know, uh, what is his meaning? What does he believe understanding is? Because that, that, that was the first question that popped in my head. I said, we have to ask him that because... You know, as a pastor, you get your understanding from God. As 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 a child of God, you get your understanding from God. So, yeah. Yeah. You know, we have to get his, you know, delve into the mind of Pastor T.D. White. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, you know, we've been getting so many emails. When are you going to have a mail? We want a male perspective on some things. We know all the words are coming from God. You know, God speaks to women and he speaks to men. But at some point, when are you guys going to have a man on the show? So finally, we have one, and a true man of God we do have. And, you know, we were just, you know, just talking about understanding just the other night, Brian and I. You know, we go to detention centers, jails, and prisons talking to kids about men and women, talking about understanding. And it's so important because a lot of people do things based on what they understand. And what they understand is not the true understanding of what the Word says. Am I right? Yeah, absolutely. You know, they... A lot of their understanding is based on traditions, and the Bible, you know, talks about those traditions of men, you know, where you you can't be following after those traditions of men, you know, unless those traditions are based on the Word, and, you know, again, you know, most people, they do that, they follow it based on the traditions of, that they, you know, mama did it this way, daddy did it this way, grandma did it this way, I'm going to do it this way, you yeah, know. And you, and you know the sad part about that, Brian? There's a lot of things, a lot of rules, and a lot of things that go, that happen in the church. And sometimes, you know, we pick up on that tradition and we continue to do it. Absolutely, you know? absolutely. You know, I'm reminded of, a, there's a joke about um, a little girl asked her mother, you know, her mother was cooking a roast. And she would cut the roast in half and put it in two pans in the oven. And she said, well, mama, why do you do it like that? And she said, well, my mama did it that way. Go ask my mom. So she went and asked Grandma. said, Grandma, how come Mama cuts the pot roast in half and puts it in two pans? She's like, well, that's what I used to do, baby, and that's how I taught her to make it. 
and said, and that's the way my mama taught me. So if you want to know, ask great grandma. So a little girl calls up great grandma and says, Grandma, you know, how come you cut the ro- pot roast in half and put it in two pots? And she says, well, baby, when we were little, our stove was small, so we had to cut it in half and put it in there. And, you know, so it wasn't like it was any particular way that they were cooking it. It was just they had to do it that way. Right. You know, and that tradition just passed along to the child, not necessarily being something wrong, right. but just that was the way it was done then. So, Brian, what are you saying? Um, if if we are faced with a situation, uh, you, you see kids and we grow up doing the things the way we've seen things done by our parents and our fathers and mothers, are you saying that when we're faced with a situation now, we should look to our real father and say this is how he would do it? Oh, absolutely. I mean, that's what the word is there for. It's not there just so you can read a story and know about, you know, when Noah, you know, built the ark or when Moses parted, you know, parted the Red Sea and all that. You know, it's not just there for it's there for our learning. It's there for our understanding. And so we have to look to the word. We can't necessarily look to mama and grandma with all the answers because, you know, to be quite frank, they don't have them all. And so, Brian, let me ask you this, and I know what you're going to say, but I want to hear you say it. I want you to tell everybody, what is the true definition of Bible? I'm sorry? What is the true definition of Bible? Remember when we were in the detention center uh, and we were to get, what, what is that? And the kids, <laughs> they say it every time we go out there. So what is the, the definition of Bible? You know, I like that. I like that. When I, I told the kids out in the detention center this one day, and they they remembered it like a month and a half later, and one of the kids just said, oh, that's why we read the Bible, basic instructions before leaving earth. Wow. <laughs> say that again, Brian. I, I, I just love hearing that. It basic instructions before leaving Earth. Wow. You know, and so you know, I would I would actually say it's probably basic instructions before you know while we living on Earth. <laughs> you know, but you know it's it's just so profound that the Bible has every answer to every question you could ever want to ask. You know, we were just talking with Pastor T D White just the other night, and he said something that was so profound. He said, you know. When you're when you're sick and you go to the doctor, he'll give you a prescription, but he also tells you how to take that prescription. You take one a day or two a day, every so many hours. You know he's just not going to give you the pills and say, "Here, go go heal yourself." You know, and and I think that's that's what's really going on with with us. You know, and a lot of us when we 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 want to fight the enemy. But we don't know what the enemy is saying. We don't know how to fight him because we don't know what the word says. And that's why, you know, that's why I'm so happy that we have, you know, Pastor T.D. White on tonight because he's a best-selling author. He's a pastor. He's a husband. He's a father. He's a true man of God. He's the author of Let Me Break It Down. Pastor White, are you there? Absolutely. (laughs) Oh, boy, this is going to be a wonderful show. Hey, Pastor White, welcome to the Abundant Solutions Hour. <laughs> thank, thank you, Brian. Glad to be here. Yes, Good. Sir. Let, me, let me give the call-in number for all of our listeners out there. If you want to call in, if you have any questions for Pastor White, the call-in number is 718-508-9600. That's 718-508-9600. The calls are, people are already starting to call in. So, uh, Brian, did you have any questions for the pastor before we went to the to the callers? Yes, actually, um I'm going to ask the same question I talked about earlier. Pastor White, tell us what you believe the meaning of understanding 
is. Understanding, um, that is a, a word that, depending on who you are talking to, what the understanding is, and I'll put it this way. In the Bible, the scripture you quoted earlier, lean not into our own understanding. What that verse literally is telling us is lean not into our perception of what we see. Lean not into how we see this thing. You know, when when the Bible says, you know, in all your anxiety getting, get an understanding, it's talking about getting the understanding from God, getting the true understanding. And I'll get I'll break that down for you. When you talk about the way somebody feels, somebody's been hurt, I mean, what you said to you might not have been that serious, but from their understanding, it was devastating. Now, as, as people, we look and say, well, it wasn't that bad. It wasn't that bad. You know, you shouldn't, be, you shouldn't react so, so, so uh, you know, it wasn't that bad. Well, how can we literally look at somebody and say how serious it was because what they perceive is real to them? Yeah. Way, the way they understand it is real to them. That, that, is a, that is a real life situation. I mean, so for me to look at you and say that you shouldn't react a certain way, I don't know your understanding. And so we talk about getting understanding. We're talking about, we're talking about getting God's understanding now because my understanding and your understanding can be two different things. Yes. Right. Yes. Yes, that's so true. That's so mm. true. And, Pastor White, we know that you're a counselor. We know that you're the author of uh, Let Me Break It Down. Yes, sir. Where did you get the idea uh, to write this book? Well, the idea came from, um, you know, my ministry. I mean, um, God has given me a ministry to help people, a ministry to help people get an understanding. And um, that's what this book is about, giving people understanding, because, I mean, um, a lot of things throughout this book, I mean, um, are situations or subjects in the church, you know, where people have been confused. I mean, you mentioned tradition earlier. Tradition is a, it's a huge corp, culprit, you know, for people being confused. Um, it has got people bound, you know, to believe certain things because that's the way they've always seen it done. Not because they've ever read, read anywhere that that's the way it should be done, but that's because the way they've always seen it done. You know, I mean, uh, the, the way we praise God in church, sometimes it's the way we've seen people praise God in church. You know, God doesn't have a standard saying that you have to raise your hands and scream to give him praise. But yet, when you go to church to church, especially in our holiness churches, which, I mean, I, I preach holiness, you know, but I don't believe that a person shall be condemned from sitting in their seat, you know, when they worship God in their own way. Because God said, give me worship, give me praise. Yeah. Anybody can praise God, whether you are a saint or not. But only, only a believer can worship God, because he said, worship him in spirit and in truth. Yeah. You know, and um, basically the book was derived, you know, from... Me wanting to teach, and me feeling the, fulfilling the calling that God's given me to teach people and help people because too many times I see people missing out. They're losing mm -hmm. because they don't understand. Mm. Yes. Pastor, let me ask you another question. Now, you've given us your, your, your uh, meaning of what understanding is, and you said it's just it's based on the person, it's based on the, you know, what they perceive that understanding to be. You know, a lot of times when you're when you're in church and you see somebody that, you know, or you hear somebody that's praising God in their own way, you know, because I've seen this in, in different churches, you know, you may not understand, you know, what they're doing. Mm -hmm. And so just to kind of fit in, you do it as well. 
You know, because I've seen a situation where, you know, somebody was, you know, everybody was praising. Well, some people were praising God, some people weren't. And then a pastor said, no, everybody needs to get up and praise the Lord. And so they did it because the pastor said it. Now, in your opinion, do you believe that God accepted that particular praise? Brian, if you're sitting in church and you raise your hands and you whisper to God, God, I glorify you, you are praising God right there. What has happened is tradition has taught preachers to believe if they're not screaming, if they're not, if they're not jumping up and down, they're not praising God. And so a preacher will openly criticize people across the pulpit. You ain't giving God nothing. You ain't going to get nothing, you know. And, um, and that's no way to draw people into praising God because the Scripture tells me, you lift me up and I'll draw all men unto me. Mm. Meaning it doesn't take you to draw. I don't have to draw you into God from the pulpit. Right. All I have to do is lift God up. And God will draw all men unto him. Wow. You know, Pastor White, our last couple of shows, probably I would say our last three or four shows, we've had a lot of women dealing with the issues of rape, dealing with being molested and just being mistreated. And um, they're starting to be a little bit more transparent. A lot of women are talking out and speaking up now because we know that you you have to be transparent if, if you really want to be uh, be healed of of some some of the bad things that happened in you know in their past. Let me ask you this: If you were a counselor of someone that's been raped, what is the first thing that you would say as far as the first steps of forgiving the other person that hurt them? And you know, it's kind of hard for a person to say, you know what, I'm gonna forgive this man that hurt me and wounded me when I was five years old or six years old. How I mean, how can you explain forgiveness to someone? that's been hurt and carrying that pain for 15, 20, 30 years. In order to forgive, Greg, you have to be able to trust. Yes. And uh, that's a, a huge boundary for somebody who, who has been violated, you know, of such matters. Um, but trust is the first issue. And so my suggestion would be is to find somebody, you know, that, that you can trust, first of all. You know, if it's a male that has injured you, find a male you can trust. If it's a female that has injured you, find a female you can trust. Because a lot of times your trust has been stereotyped for that whole species, that that, that whole, you know, whoever it is, man or woman. You know, and so the, before anybody can tell you to go seek God and, and God will heal you, they need to teach you how to seek God. You know, a lot of times that comes with nurturing. I mean, you don't, you know, take a two-year-old and tell them to get outside and go play. First of all, you teach a two-year-old, you know, you teach them small games, how, how to play. You teach them games that they can understand because you can't talk to a two-year-old like he's 25 right. because they, they don't understand. And someone who has been injured, a lot of times, you know, what has, what has taken place there has been a, a mental setback, you know, when somebody has, has, somebody has, has um, experienced such a thing, you know. And, um, and so that mental setback means new teaching. That means they have to nurture this person back, you know, from a from a, such a state to where they can be mature enough to handle situations on their own. And I believe nurturing, you know, and just loving that person is the very first step to ever getting back to what we call the normal. Yes, yes. Uh, what a, one more question. Uh, well, not one more question, but another question I have is, what do you think the state of you know the the black church is as it pertains to men and women as far as far as like black men and 
you know, because right now we sort of have a real shortage of black men in the church that, you know, that are actually actively seeking God's favor and his face and so forth. And, you know, it, I can always hear, well, I actually always hear people say uh, when a man joins the church, they always seem to rejoice a little bit harder. You know, it's almost like, all right, we got a man that joined the church. You know, what do you think the reason the reasoning is behind men not wanting to, to you know, to be a part of God's family? Well, my perception is this. It's not so much that a man doesn't want to be a part of God's family. A, a man and a woman, their makeup is genetically different, you know, quite obvious. You know, and in those genetics, I mean, um, women has more of a opportunity to they're, they're made to love they're, they're made to love without without a uh, prejudice you know and so a woman's emotions a lot of times drives her you know a lot quicker a woman could come into a service and oh that felt good oh i was blessed with the lord i think i'm going to join here you know oh i think you know i'm going to i'm going to do this i'm going to do that you know because a woman's driven emotionally a lot of times a man is a lot dis- more distrustful he wants to see how real you are a man wants to see is he going to hurt me? I've been hurt before. It's really hard for a man to trust, especially another man. Mm-hmm. You know, and so what happens is when a man gets saved and when he really commits himself to God, he's going to be a lot harder to move than that woman. Now, that's not throwing rocks. What I'm saying is easy come, easy go. A woman is e- easily emotionally driven, and so therefore a lot of times, you know, you'll see a woman quit easier. You know, it, when, once, once a man commits himself, you've got something. Yeah. You get a committed man that's going to work by your side. You've got something. Right. Do you think? Do you think? Uh, you know, us men, we're we're really critical on the church today. It just you know, we see things on television. We we don't buy into certain things that we we hear sometimes. You know, we 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 may see a man on television saying he's this, he's that. You know, we may question that a little bit more. And in a, in a negative way, kind of, you know, he's no good, or they're doing this down at the church. I'm not giving my money down at the church, and, you know. And and I run into that a lot. And yeah, I do too. <laughs> you know, how can you? How do you deal with that? You know, you say, well, I don't want them doing this with my money. I don't want you know. It's not your money. Absolutely. So you asked me about men saying that, right? Yes, yes, yes. You know, and that ties right into the last statement I made. I mean. um men naturally are a lot less distrustful. I mean, they're not going to trust as fast. And and society has shown us over and over, you know, crooks in the pulpit. And when a man sees that, now he's twice as hard to compel because now he has something else, you know, opposite of what you're trying to pull him. You're trying to pull him to Jesus. He got something else in his mind pulling him the opposite direction. You know, and um, it's that very same thing. I mean, um, so the easiest way me to convince a man is show this man love. Show this man that I'm not going to hurt him, that I mean him good. You know, when I can cause a man to trust me, to do him well, you know, I, I win his, his whole family. Because, you know, the man is made to be the head of his household. I mean, I know there's a lot of strong women out there, and um, a lot of women, you know, are leading single household families. But when you have a man in the household, it's naturally set up that the family will follow that man's desires, his will. You know, and so you have a lot of women women going to church, you know, and the man sitting home. But what happens when that man says, I'm going to serve the Lord? You yes. should see a huge difference in that family. Yes. The whole makeup of that family is different now. 
Yeah. You know, and so that's what I'm looking at. You know, when, when I see these men with those kind of hardened hearts, those attitudes, you know, you got to love that man back into trusting. And um, that's, that's hard to do, but it, but it's in us because God put it in us. Yeah. Pastor mm. yeah. White, can you tell us a little bit about the book without, you know, revealing too much? Uh, the book has ten chapters in the book. Um, the chapters go from everything from discovering the true you to um, coping with a physical death. I've got a chapter in there on failure is never final. What I did is took ten different subjects, you know, and I taught on those subjects. These are areas that people struggle with. For example, failure is never final. You know, a lot of people who have been, let's, let's go to the other side of the scope. Somebody who has been convicted of murder or rape, you know, they seem to think that they have no chance with God. And I know that to be a lie. Yes. Yeah. I mean, the Bible shows us, you know, several occasions, you know, where murders, even even the most celebrated king in the Bible, King David, mm-hmm. had his hands in a murder. Yeah, that's you know, what I thought I, of. <laughs> and, and I used him in that chapter, you know, to talk about, you know, the instance with him and Bathsheba you know, and Uriah, and how he set Uriah out front, you know, to be murdered, you know, and even then he was still in God's favor because as soon as Nathan came to him to, to share with him the prophecy, he saw his wrongdoing, and he was, he was he got, the difference with David and most of us, David knew how to repent. Yeah. David knew how to, how to give true repentance. He didn't give this soft story, oh, God, I'm sorry, God, please forgive me, and go back out the next night with the same attitude. David knew how to truly repent, how to make a 180-degree turn, opposite direction, to seek God's face, and God knew that about David. Yes. You know, and so that chapter alone, failure is never final. I want to encourage people, you know, whatever road you've been down, it's not bad enough. I mean, you know, one scripture in the Bible says, is there anything too hard for God? I mean, uh, there's nothing too hard for him to do. That's right. That's right. If you're just joining in, you're listening to the Abundant Solutions Hour. And our call-in number, if you have any questions for Pastor White, is 718-508-9600. That's 718-508-9600. Pastor White, we have a caller on the line from the 972 area code. Caller, are you there? Caller, are you there? I guess we we must have uh, lost that person. Pastor, are you still there? I'm still here. Okay, okay. Yeah, when you know, when you when you wrote this book, did you have any um, you know, when you were about done with the book, did you have any trials when you were almost done? Well, several trials began to come up, you know, because I credit it to being the enemy afraid of what God was getting ready to release. You know, financial trials began to come up. I mean, uh trials of of finishing up my editing. I mean, there were several things that came up, you know, that tried to hinder the completion of this book. I had problems with the publisher. I mean, when when I got ready to distribute, the publisher uh, told me one thing, and it was three or four weeks later before I saw any results. You know, I had to actually get one of the top managers in the publishing company on the telephone. You know, so the enemy really stepped up when it was time for the completion of this book because, as I stated before, I believe millions out there will be helped, you know, and um, that's what I wrote it for, to help millions, you know. Yeah. And um, the devil is afraid of that. So when you were when you were close to completing the book, it just seemed like everything was just going haywire. Did that give you an indication that what you were doing was right? You were on the right path. Always, always. Um, <laughs> as 
as as God begins to get ready to bless you, you can always be rest assured that the devil's getting ready to mess with you. You know, and um, and I expect it. You know, and one thing that I um, say to people, you know, when I stand up to minister, um, if you know something's going to occur, if you know that the earth is getting ready to shake, shouldn't you brace yourself? If you know that um, somebody's getting ready to slap you, shouldn't you cover your face? And so with that, during a certain time when I know God is blessing me, I see things coming. I know the devil is coming also. I expect him to come because if he didn't, he wouldn't be doing his job. Right. And you can trust me, the devil's always doing his job. He's not like some of us. He does his job. <laughs> Pastor White, you know, let, let's stay on that the uh, subject of how the devil comes at you. What, what do you believe are some of the ways that he will attack you? Now, I know a lot of times people think that the devil's just going to come straight up, you know, come right face-to-face to you and, and attack you directly, and they, they're expecting this sort of demonic force to just come out of somebody and come right at you like a, like a ghost, you know. And that's when they or the flip side is everybody, every time something happens, people say, oh, that's the devil, <laughs> you know. So give us some ideas of how the devil attacks you, because not everything is always the devil, you know. Absolutely. One of the most prevalent ways the devil will attack you, a lot of, see, like you just sat down saying, some people expect the devil to come, you know, and, and jump on them. Expect, you expect the car to break down. You know, you expect, you know, uh, a fight with your wife. I mean, you expect those worst things, but the devil is also very conniving. I mean, the devil is, is I'll put it this way, he, he's not a punk. He, he's not scared. The, the devil is not a, not a dummy. I'll put it that way. I mean, not to give devil any glory, but you have to remember who the devil was before he was kicked down to the earth. Mm-hmm. I mean, the devil was an archangel of God. You know, he was one of the highest angels. I mean, so he had power, and that same power he had then, he has now. Mm. You know, and so a lot of times um, the devil will come at you in some of the most subtle ways. Um, that girlfriend you ain't saw in five years, you've been married three years now. My Lord. <laughs> I mean, your your um your ex girlfriend from um from college comes into town all of a sudden now, and you just got saved. You know, it's those things that that you like, those things you want. The devil will tempt you. The devil can't ever tempt me with alcohol or drugs because I've never drank. I've never done drugs in my life. I've I've never been in, uh, that kind of um, thinner. But what the devil would be my way is a nice-looking woman. See, when I was in college and played ball there, my, my, my sin wasn't alcohol and drugs. My sin was women, and the devil knows that. You know, yeah. and so what he does bring things that are most likely to catch you up, yeah. to keep, keep you from reaching that place where God is trying to take you. See, he, he, he recognizes that you're right there at that finish line, so to speak, right there at that crossing, threshing mark, you know, and... um. And he'll do anything possible to undercut you and stop it from happening, or at least slow it down. And that's why that's why he's attacking us. Uh, is that what you're saying? The reason he's attacking us is to pretty much try to break our grip and to, and to make us or have us to disconnect with God. When I was out in the world before I got saved, when I was out 
clubbing, whoring around. I didn't have the issues that I had after I got saved. I'm, I'm married to a beautiful wife now. been married for a year and a half. I have been divorced once. Now, with that divorce that I've had, prior to me getting saved, we lived hellish together. Mm-hmm. You know, after I got saved, things began to happen that never had happened before. I'm like, wow, God, why would this begin to happen now after I give my life to you? After I say, I will do your will. After I say, God, I will serve you until I die. Why should this begin to happen to me now? You know, and that was indication, you know, that the devil wants to take you back or stop you from getting to a point where God wants to take you to. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was my indication, you know, that, that I was on the right track. When the devil steps up to put his foot forward, it's only for a reason. Because when you're out there doing the wrong thing, the devil has no reason to mess with you. Why should he bother you when he already got you? That's right. Huh. That's right. You've got, a po- you've got a pocket full of money because he already got you. But the minute you get saved, you can't make a light bill. Mm. Mm. That's so true. That's so true. Pastor, we have a caller. Let me see if we can uh, connect this person from a 770 area code. Caller, are you there? Caller, are you there? I guess not. Brian, you had a question for the pastor? Yeah, I was going to. Um, I'm staying on that same topic we're talking about. Do you think the devil comes through family members? Most definitely. That's his <laughs> his most opportune source. The people closest to you is who the devil will use first because they have the best access to you. They have the best way to get to you in, in those um, ways that a stranger don't. Hmm. Your, your spouse, your, your, your uh, kids, your parents. I mean, those people have the best access to you. That's where the devil is going to strike more than likely. You know, and a lot of times we look at that and we wonder, you know, why do we get so angry with um, our spouses? Why do we get so angry with our kids? You know, that, that same... Emotion that causes us to love them is that same emotion that will cause you to hate them. Why do we have so many kids killing parents? Why do we have so many husbands killing wives? That that love is the movie that came out years ago, a thin line between love and hate. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. people laughed at it, but there's a very thin line between love and hate when you look at emotions, because you, you that that same emotion that drives you to love drives you to hate. Wow. That's true. That's so true. That's true. Wow, if you're that's, just that's tuning that's in and you're listening to the Abundant Solutions Hour, if you have any questions for Pastor White, Brian, or myself, please call 718-508-9600. I think we're having some technical difficulties in trying to get the callers on. Uh, give us a call back at 718-508-9600. Brian, you're still up, Brian. Okay. Um and the reason I asked this, I had a situation um, that actually came arri- that arrived with me today. Um, one of my cousins called, and they said they were having, you know, having an issue with a family member. You know, and they called me, and they're like, what should I do? You know, and so, you know, your, your response is just confirmation because, you know, that's exactly what I told them. I said, look, the devil's going to come at you through the people who are closest to you. 
for the people who you care about the most. And so that's why I kind of fielded the question because I wanted to make sure that I wasn't giving them incorrect information, you know. And Absolutely. so that was just confirmation for me, you know, because I believe that, you know, that the devil will come at, come through you because if it's somebody you don't really care for or not even concerned about, why would he use them? Exactly. You have no concern for them. Absolutely. That's, that's so true. We have another caller from the 301 area code. Caller, are you there? Caller, are you there? 301 area code, caller? I guess have, not. Having caller difficulty today. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what it is. I guess, I guess, uh, <laughs> I don't know what it is. But you know what, Pastor? You're so right in, in the way the devil attacks us, you know. And every time, this is the thing, every single time we're attacked, God always make a way. When we can't pay that bill, when we can't see no way, you know, these attacks or whatever they, whatever they are that's coming against us. And you know what? Sometimes they're not always attacks. It may be just a way of God elevating us to the next level. Absolutely. And, you know, we get in this rut and we start speaking these negative things. And that's the worst thing that we could do is start to speak negative things. Oh, I, I didn't think this was going to happen anyway. I just tried it, but I, I, I just didn't think it was going to happen. Oh, I'm not feeling good today. You know, when you speak that stuff, that, that stuff has power behind it. And the enemy is listening, and, and his job is to make our situation look so bad that we say something, and now he's got something to run with. Absolutely. See, now, now you're planting my ball field because that, that's my thing right there. I really cannot stand negative company. I'm not a negative person, you know, and to have negative company will bring your spirit down. When, when, when you've been praying and got so full of God and you know that you're about to be blessed and somebody comes along, you know, with that negative attitude, it just ain't going to ever get right, you know. I mean, it's time to pull the plug. It's time to separate yourself from this negative activity because what that does, one or two things, either you're going to have to be positive enough to, to pull them up or they're going to pull you down. And I just believe in um, speaking life, you know. I mean, God gave us several, several opportunities to um, witness life being spoken in the Bible, you know, and not death. You know what I mean? He said there's two choices set before you. I said death and life before you. What do you choose? Choose you this day. You know, and so I choose just to speak life. I choose to be positive. I choose not to speak my you know, condemnation, because that, that, that isn't the way God had it designed. That's true. That's so true. You know, we have another caller. I just called in. Hold on. Let me see if we can get this call in from the 757 area code. Caller, are you there? Yes, hello. Hello. How are you? Pastor White is listening. This is Olivia. Olivia, how are hey, you? Hey, Olivia. Bye. <laughs> how you doing? Look, I'm going to invest into this show because I call, like, every week. Good. But <laughs> but um congratulations, Pastor White, on your book. Thank you. And Lydia. um you know we talked the whole time that you was going through the publishing process and Absolutely. I, I'm listening to you now and actually seeing how God is just moving um with you and it's great that you up here on the show. Um I wanted to basically comment or rather get your opinion on something about um breaking it down 
and actually speaking on understanding because when we was talking, one thing that I did like about um, the way that you communicated things, you went against normal tradition. And I think a problem with the church world now that we are still stuck on tradition, sort of like what Brian um, was discussing earlier. What do you think about the, I mean, how do you take these people from the traditional way of thinking to the way that I would say we minister? We're sort of like people call spiritual radicals. We don't teach in the normal way. And the reason why is because the way that um, they're teaching people now is not being effective. People still are not catching it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And people scared to break against the norm. So what do you think is a way to, I mean, how can we get people to actually flow with the, break away from the traditions, as they were speaking earlier, and to being able to minister to people, for example, the youth, like um, Brian and Grant, they go to the youth place. You can't go there and just start quoting scriptures. You have to minister to people on a level that they can get understanding. So don't you think that's sort of a problem why a lot of people don't have the true understanding of what's going on because they're kind of stuck in tradition? Absolutely. Um, as we minister, one thing we have to realize a few things. Number one, times has changed. We're, we're ministering to a different society. And with that, you have to minister to a society on, on the level that they understand. And a lot of times what happens, you know, with people who teach traditional they teach the traditional people. Right. Um, God has set it up this way, you know, where there's a new season, and, and we're, we're in that new season. Right. My approach on that is I teach strictly from the Bible. I teach right. With us as the Lord. You know, I mean, um, I'll break the scripture down to you. I'll give you what God has said. You know, anything outside the Bible, a woman putting on pants, I mean, putting makeup on, mm. her hair should be fixed, you know, take that somewhere else because... Uh, the Bible doesn't say the woman can't wear pants. That's a man-made doctrine. That, that's something that the man took a scripture and they twisted it. Right. You know, it's like a woman can't speak in church. <laughs> you know, you know. I mean, a lot of these things, you know, some some things were said in the Old Testament, you know, but but with, with the new covenant after Jesus Christ died on the cross, they were not so anymore. Right. You know, well, and right. What, what you're getting is you're getting more educated preachers today. You're getting people with more training. Um now, I'm not talking bad about anybody because the people who, who taught before us, they did what they had to do. Right. They, they taught what they knew, and I understand that. And so I'm not, you know, damning anybody for, for what they taught because they taught what they knew. You know, but at the same time, you know, we have a responsibility now to teach the truth and the truth without being tainted. You know, right. that's, that's the way you're going to win people today. People today are tired of, tradition, they're, they're, they're tired of all the uh, man-made rules. All they want to do is find God. They want to seek God, and that's what I'm all about. I'm here to seek God, you know, and after God's own heart, you know what I mean? Um, I mean, Jesus was the first example of that radical teaching and preaching when he came, you know, when, when he walked the earth 33 mm-hmm. years. He was the first example of people lying on him and saying that he was doing things ungodly. He was the first example, you know, that that said, you know, which you without sin cast the first stone, you know, when it, when it came into the problem with with the, with the whore, you know, and um, you know, because my thing is this, I mean, if Jesus could stand beside a whore, 
you know, and mm-hmm. and take up for her and say, you know, what you without sin, catch the first stone. Why can't I? And 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 he came and said he didn't come for those that are well, but he came for those that are sick that need a physician. Absolutely. And um, I think once again, going back to what you were saying about breaking it down and not have an understanding, I think a lot of leadership needs to regroup and get actually an understanding because I think that um, the reason why the the actual I don't want to say the church world, but I'm gonna just go there. Being a minister, I think a lot of people are being failed because we're more concerned about telling a woman she needs to take off that red dress instead of deciding her how to be a virtuous woman, being self-sufficient, and actually going out there making a life for herself so she may not have to wear the short dress to draw attention. We just, I just believe that we don't have, I mean, a lot of others, um, and at one time I was there myself, that we just don't, we as a lot of the teachers don't have an understanding of actually what's going on because, as you said, people want to hear from somebody that's been there, someone that can relate. Personally, myself, I don't care about a person that has degrees. When I'm sitting there starving and worrying about rent, if you have a true understanding of the scriptures, you're going to come to me with wisdom and teach me how to apply, not only how to apply spiritually, but how to do something naturally. And we um, get so gun-ho on, quote, scriptures and um, throwing the word, but Jesus led by example. Not only was he teaching the word, but he was a man that did action. You know, he didn't just, he, you know, he just didn't do things by just speaking. And he spoke it, he lived it, he acted on it. And um, many times he didn't even say much. He just would touch a person sometimes. And I think that when we get a true understanding of who he was and actually what he did, we can be more effective out there ministering to people. And I think that's why it's so hard to get people in church because they're so used to others using traditions. Trying to, a tradition cannot save a person. And I think that that's the um, issue that's going on. So it's good that books like yours actually out because, I mean, when people can actually read it and able to break it down and get the full understanding of what God is truly saying, that's how people are going to get delivered. You know, Absolutely. while we have both of you, the pastors on the line, the ministers on the line, you know, one question that I want to ask is, you know, in the church, you know, this show is not really, the, we're not bashing the church. That's not what we're doing. But right. what, what I want to ask is, you know, so much we hear in the church, you can't do this, you shouldn't do this, you you know, this is not the way to do this. Why not with the youth? To get to the youth, don't you agree that we need to start talking about what they can do? Because Absolutely. when you start telling the kids they can't do this and they can't do that, a lot of times they're already rebellious and they don't want to be there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what do you think, what, what is a, a solution to, to our youth uh, when we have a, a church built on tradition and we have older pastors and everybody in the church is just older and they really can't connect with the youth? Yeah, I want to I take a jab at that, if I may. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, while um, both Livy and Pastor White were talking, um, Colossians 2.8 came to mind, you know, and I'm going to read it right quick. It says, beware lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit after the tradition of men, 
after the rudiments of the world and not after Christ. And so what that what that says to me is that a lot of times we get so caught up in the what I call the pomp and circumstance of church, you know, where we got to have the bright lights and the flashing and the people falling out and getting slain in the spirit and, mm. you know, got to get your <laughs> handkerchief anointed and, you know, got to get your water sprinkled. You know what I mean? We get caught up in all of that stuff. And when people see that from face value and they're babes in Christ, they don't understand it. Mm-hmm. And so, and then at the same time, nobody's really teaching them from the Bible. You know, they're learning in church, but, you know, they're not really focusing on a whole lot of that in Bible study. They're not really focusing on that. And so, as a result, these new babes in Christ aren't really getting a full understanding of what Christ did and who Christ is and, you know, who God is and, right. you know, and what the Holy Spirit offers you as a believer. You know, and so what I believe is that because of that, they get caught up in that traditional type of prayer, worship, you mm-hmm. know, reverence to God. That's not necessarily a bad thing, but they really don't know who Christ is. Right. A lot of times in church, people are acting on emotion, not truly feeling the move of God. It just it may be the music playing. And the thing is, too, what you're saying. A lot of times we we trying to give meat to babies, and they aren't gonna receive it. And I mean, as far as the youth, personally, I have a um, young group. It's called God to the Third, and it's um, a group of young men, and stands for getting others delivered through God. Where I let them step, I let them rap, but I'm, I'm like, if you want to rap, I want you to take a scripture, and you take that scripture and you apply it to something godly, if you want to rap about life is hard, then you can rap about life is hard, but you put in there how God can do this. You know, so you've got to meet them somewhere. Right. So that, I mean, and that's how, and when I go and I talk to them, I'm aware of what they're dealing with, what they're actually going against. I know about the peer pressure and stuff, and we have to realize that we were too young and the things that we used to do. And when you go to them, throwing, you can give a child the word, but you, it's a way to give it. And it takes wisdom in dealing with a child. Right. You know, so, you, I mean, that's my thing. You have to actually, you don't compromise the gospel, but in the way of teaching, you know, allow them to bring something into it for them to feel like they're part of it, but at the same time, you're bringing in something that's going to help them. And sometimes you can bring something in, they don't even realize what's going on. Mm-hmm. So that's my... Right. Um, when I go out and I talk to youth groups, and I know Greg does this as well, uh, we are, when we're talking to these youth, a lot of times we'll find opportunities to be transparent. And um, like just recently I went and I spoke to uh, a, um, to a church about uh, with their youth program and I became very transparent while I was talking and you know it wasn't even anything I wrote down but I started talking about how when I was out there in the world and some of the things that I was doing and you know it wasn't because I didn't grow up in church it was because nobody told me that that was particularly wrong they said all you got to do is pray about it and repent and everything will be okay you know how do you go about like when you're teaching to youth and you can sense that they're kind of being you know, man, hurry, well, he need to hurry up and finish. 
you know, because I, I used to get that, and now it's like I get a sense, and because I guess it's because I make myself transparent and available. You Absolutely. Know, is that I, something I believe, that you do? I believe transparency is a vehicle to saving a lot, a lot of youth, and um, and I say that because of this. I mean, um, in years past, to be transparent was a weakness, so they thought. You know, in today's society, to be transparent is what the world is looking for. They're not looking for that robot anymore. Preachers have made themselves look like robots, and, and as a 9, 10, 11, 12-year-old child, you might buy that. But after you become an adult, and you begin to hear and find out some of the things that has gone on in the church. When you begin to find out that sister so and so was sleeping with Deacon Foot over here, hmm. all these things you know they kept from you and made you feel like you were an animal because you wanted a girlfriend. You know, I mean, uh, those type of things you know have pushed people away from the body of Christ. You know, to be transparent, you know, is to be real. And as I spoke earlier, people are looking for realness. They're looking for a real God. They're tired of the fake, the belief, the, the, the phony. You know, people want a real thing, you know, and to present Jesus has to be real. Don't present me a false God and tell me that he's my Savior. Right. Oh. And, you know, that's something that the youth, when they come in that church, a lot of times I sit back and I watch them. And, you know, Brian can tell you as well, when we go to the detention center, these kids are hurting. I'm talking about suffering. Yes. It's like they're dragging themselves into the church and they're begging for a solution to the problem that they're going through. You know, and and a lot of times they're intimidated by going up to the pastor after the service is over. You know, what would you what would you say to someone that's just sitting out there in their audience, they're hurting? Suicide is on their mind. They don't have anybody that they can talk to. You know, how do you reach these people? Wow. You know, a situation like so you know, where somebody's on, on the verge of suicide, there really needs to be an immediate contact. There needs to be somebody they can reach personally. Um, and a lot of times, you know, that, that that's why, you know, when I do radio interviews, you know, I always point out, find a, somebody you can't trust, a Bible-believing church, and in the event there's nobody they can trust, I mean, um, in their church, find another pastor in town. I mean, um, find somebody in town you can talk to, somebody that will, that you can be heard, because that that's a real critical point to be in. You had a crisis in your life where a decision has to be made, and it can be either life or death, whatever decision you make. You know, and to that person that may be going through such things, you know, um, first of all, I mean, this, this, this sounds vain at times, but hey, God's answer to all things. I got to say that because that's who I am. God's answer to all things. Yes. You know, and is there anything too hard for God? You know, and uh, I just you know, wish that, you know, call me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> call, call me and talk to me. I mean, I, I do that. I do over the phone counseling. Good. 573-587-9623. I'll answer it. Good, good, awesome. Pastor, we have another caller from the 770 area code. Caller, are you there? Hey, friends. Hey, how are you? Good. This is April calling in. Hi, hey, April. April. Hey, I, I wanted to um, make a comment. Uh, it's funny that you're talking about this. I had a young lady the other night. She text messaged me at 2.30 in the morning, and folks know, you know, where to call when they need some spiritual guidance. I'm like, Lord, I'm trying to pray. But what she <laughs> called me was she she has been in the porn industry for almost 10 years, 
and she wanted to get saved, and, you know, we started talking about some things. And one of the things that, uh, issues that she had, well, concerns was the fact that she said, well, it seems like you can't do nothing. And I said, okay, what do you mean do nothing? She said, I, you can't go to the club, you can't do this, you can't do that. And I told her, I said, let me tell you this. It's not that you can't go to the club. I said, I stopped going to the club. Man, I, I was a clever. I had my own little VIP card. You know, they knew when I was coming. I said, I stopped going to the club because I matured out of that, not because I was not saved when I walked through the door. And then I also explained to her, I said, there's a um, gospel lounge near my home. And I went in and, and you know, it was gospel music, but it was more hip-hop. I was ready to go with that, too. So I told her it had nothing to do with, um, I'm not saved once I walk through the club doors. It's just a maturity thing. And I believe that a lot of young people won't, don't want to get really too close or get too saved or, or get, get like what they see because they feel like there's nothing that you can do. And then watching a lot of these, um, one thing that I, I, she also mentioned as well as I was confused for a while, you see a lot of ministers and preachers on television, they're pretty much telling you you've got to do all these doggone twists and turns to get in the right position with God and you to get a blessing and you've got to be here at this particular season, at this particular day. But then when you turn on the radio, you hear the radio the song playing saying, it's your season, it's your day, then you turn the TV on and they saying, well, you've got to be in this way. How do you know? You know, it's like, how do you know when is your season, when is your time? Everybody's saying something different and you've got to be here and you've got to be there. And it's like, hold on, it's confusing. And the Bible didn't say nothing about that. Right. So what would you say, you know, to those that are out there that um, were like myself, just confused, not knowing, you know, what to do? Because, you know, you read your Bible, and you see the Bible don't say that, but sometimes people hold pastors and ministers and preachers um, in a higher standard. So it's like, okay, well, they may know more than you, even though you read your Bible just like they read theirs. That doesn't mean that they know more than you or that they are more saved than you are. So what would you say to those people like that? Mm. My, my answer to that would be this: God speaks to pastors and and people in leadership, you know, on different levels. That's the way He's way He's designed it to be, you know. But someone who feels like you know there is no alternative, they're confused, don't know what to do. First thing I would tell them is um, the way this relationship started with, with um, it starts with a personal relationship and somebody who is not so sure yet whether they're saved or whether they want to be saved. You know, maybe they haven't gotten that personal relationship yet, you know, that it's, that it's going to take to really hear God. But you're absolutely right. You don't have to be locked in a cage in order to be saved. Now, the Scripture does declare that you must live holy. And to be holy literally means to be different from the world, set aside, sanctified. That's what, when you look up holy in the Western Dictionary, you transpose that over into the concordance, it tells you exactly what it means to be different. Now, if I was saved and I wanted to go to a Christian nightclub, whatever, I mean, that's, that's fine and dandy. Uh, should I be out, you know, at, at the corner juke joint out there, I mean, popping, you know, twisting wearing half, half my clothes? Probably not. I mean, um, that, that, that's not a suggestion I would give to, to young people to, because one thing about it, when you want to change your life, what does change mean? Literally change. I mean, um, to, to uh, change courses and to change your life to, to be to follow Christ, I mean, you're not going to continue to go to the same place you used to go. You're not going to continue to, a lot of times, associate with the same crowd as often. Now, that don't mean you have to leave your friends, but what's going to happen is when, you, when you're sanctified, the ones who are not meant for you, they'll leave you. you know, but, but God will supply you with a, with a new circle of people that will help you to live that life. 
you know, like I explained in the beginning of this interview, I mean, I do believe in holiness. I mean, um, I know a lot of churches out there now are not teaching holiness anymore. You know, but um, I, I teach straight from the Bible, you know, and I believe that a personal relationship requires us to live by the scriptures in this Bible. Yes, yes. Pastor White, we have another caller from the 301 area code. Caller, are you there? Caller, are you there? Hi, can you hear me? Yes, I can. How is everybody this evening? Well, we're fine. How are you? Great. Pastor White is listening. Okay. Good. This, this is Denisha. Hi, Denisha. Hey, Denisha. Uh, hey. I was just listening, and I just called to say, one, you know, great, great show this evening. Um, I, just a wealth of knowledge being put out there, and I'm sure that all the listeners are being completely blessed and learning a lot tonight. Um, one thing I did want to say is, while everything that I've heard has been great and uplifting and, and true, I also wanted to let anybody that's listening know that, while well, holiness is always right. Holiness is always the aim. God will meet you where you are. Um, if you're in the club and don't think just because you give your life to Christ and you go to the club the next week that God is punishing you or he is going to be mad at you, he will meet you where you are. What God needs for you to do is submit your heart. If you submit your heart to him, he will get you where you need to go. I had a friend that I told a long time ago that God will meet you where you are. And I just I was just telling him, and now he, I mean, he was struck out on drugs, and he thought there was no hope for him. And he said, when I told him that, the floodgates opened. Now, he didn't stop doing drugs immediately. He, wasn't imme- he was immediately delivered by God once he gave his life to Christ. But it didn't manifest until he started to submit his life unto him, and God kept guiding his life in the direction that he needed to go. So I don't want anybody to get the impression that you get saved and then all of a sudden you no longer have a desire to do these things. You may still have a desire because there might be, for some people, they deliver it immediately. For some people, it takes time for them to actually stop worrying about the world and to let go of their attachment to the world and completely submit to God. And that God will go with you. He will get you where you need to be. Trust me. It's your choice of how challenging it will be, but I have learned that once you submit your life to God, one way or the other, he will He will direct your path always to him. Now, the more stubborn you are, the more challenging the path, and maybe the more bumps and bruises you will get, but he will never forsake you. He will never let you go. If your heart is truly for him, if your desire is truly to serve him and you're struggling with your flesh, he won't leave you void of himself to get you through. So I just call to say, you know, the club thing, whatever you're doing that is quote-unquote wrong or unholy, God will meet you there. That's why Jesus, he walked amongst those people. He walked amongst them, but he wasn't them. He was the light in the midst of, and, and God has seen it all. He knows everything, so there is nothing that you could be doing that would be somehow something that he had no knowledge of or how to bring you out because there's nothing that's greater than him. Yes, that's so true, Denisha. Thank you so much. Pastor White, if someone wanted to get in touch with you or to buy your book or to have you come into their church and speak, how would they get in touch with you? You can get hold of me, uh, email TZ Ministries. that's the letter T-Z, ministries at yahoo.com. 
You can also reach me by telephone, 573-587-9623. What about your website? Do you have a website? Uh, you can also uh, reach me at, um, I got a MySpace website right now, um, www.myspace.com slash Pastor T.D. White. Wow. I tell you what, Brian, are you still there? I'm still here. <laughs> Just like we thought it would be. Oh, yeah, and more, and yeah. more. Yeah, so powerful. Thank you, Pastor White, for coming on. Thank you Olivia, for having me. April, yes, Denisha, the callers, we thank all of you. And to the callers that we couldn't get you on, I'm I'm, I'm so sorry. I don't know what the te- technical difficulties were, but I'm pretty sure we're going to have Pastor White on again at another another hour. But again, Pastor White, thank you so much. Yes, thank thank you. you. Thank you so much. God bless. With that being said, you've been listening to the Abundant Solutions Hour, where our goal is to be more, do more, and have more. And we look forward to to, uh, having our next show on Monday. We ask that you join us. It's going to be another powerful show. Thank you so much. Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Grand Canyon University's RN to BSN online degree program makes earning your bachelor's in nursing possible. Balance online coursework with local in-person clinicals to position yourself for potential leadership opportunities in the time you have from wherever you are. Leaving room for what matters. Achieve your goals with your personalized plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu.